Recorded live. Peace and love, everybody. Thank you for chiming in again. This is Queen of Feed, the founder of Domestic Violence Wiz Mini Tags Organization. We are in the classroom tonight having our part two discussion about verbal abuse and the battle that we all face with verbal abuse. Um, we got some very interesting conversation going on in the classroom. We have our sister, Lisa Council. Uh, who's in the classroom facilitating with us tonight as well. And we're just going to put some real good education out to our students who were not able to make it with us live in the classroom. So let's go ahead and move right into uh, our conversation here uh, tonight in the classroom. Lisa, we are back at it again with verbal abuse in the classroom. I'm going to go ahead and let you start with your ongoing battle with verbal abuse. Oh, absolutely. Peace and love, everyone. Peace and blessings. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Love you, Queen. Um, so I am a survivor of 33 years of domestic violence. And um, one of the battles that I still struggle with today or I'm working on today is um, getting past verbal abuse. Um, we all, we've all heard that saying when we were kids and still do sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, I'm just here to tell y'all right now that that's a lie and I don't know who made it up and where it came from. Words do hurt. Words seep in. Words take effect. A word kill if they're, if, if you don't find a way to, to deal with them. Words are taught. There, some words are just taught to hurt, and and it just becomes generational or just habits. And oftentimes, I know for me, bad words started at a very early age for me. And um, one of the examples or instances that I would always deal with when I was very young um, that I can remember. It's probably around an elementary school, somewhere between eight and nine, I would say. I was very dark, and um, my sister was light. We both had very long hair. Um, we both had very long and kind of like curly, fine hair. But I was always, we were always compared against one another. And um, I can remember as early as being in like maybe third grade, I would get teachers to walk up to me and say, oh, you're so cute to be dark or things like, um, you know, dark people don't usually have long hair like that. And another thing that my sister and I both had to deal with is that you all aren't sisters because one is dark and one is light. So we were, you know, it was always like a comparison thing. What I didn't realize, of course, is that those words were taking effect and that they were seeping in. And um, oftentimes, like you said, they start right there in our schools and our churches and our homes. So then what happened at an early age is I ended up going into abusive relationships. And one of the ways that the abuse always started off with was verbal. Um, and I'll just say this. We have to be very conscientious about what people say and what comes out of their mouths and how we respond to them. Oftentimes they come off as jokes, but they're always some truth to jokes. Take, you know, you, you have to take jokes seriously 
because sometimes that's the only way some people can get across what they're actually really thinking is by telling a joke. So we have to take people's words very seriously. So it started off for me as verbal abuse where um, you would be called, you know, a B. And, and like we relate to with saying somebody called you out your name, but you're responding to this, you know, so you're responding to these words and this behavior. And so over the course of the years, what I've had to deal with mainly for me out of all of the abuse that I have dealt with is verbal. And that is um, those words still to this day play over and over and over and over in my head. And and I've had to transform my thinking, you know, or renew my thinking um, because it got to the point where I didn't even need an abuser to call me names or verbally abuse me because I can't, I became good at it myself. Oh, girl, you don't deserve that. You're not worth that. Oh, girl, you ain't going to never amount to anything. Uh, you know, even calling myself stupid bitches or whatever the case may be. And that affected me from, um, from a lot in life, maybe from being held back from getting jobs because I would find a way to sabotage it because I would convince myself and talk down to myself and tell myself that I wasn't worth it, I wasn't smart enough, I was stupid, no one's going to take me seriously. And um, as I became a mom, those words spilled over into my parenting skills also. Um, I found that I have to always try to sit back and just, kind of like take a time out before I communicate with my daughter. We all know that parenting can, you know, be hard. We work every day. We're tired. You know, we come home to hustle and bustle. So at a very early age, I would just talk to my daughter. Instead of talking to her, I would talk at her, constantly screaming, constantly constantly yelling. But what I didn't know at the time is that though this screaming and the yelling and talking any kind of way um, was taking an effect on my daughter and her behavior, I could just automatically, when she got a little older, you know, tell a difference. You know, it's as simple as telling a child, hey, shut the hell up, or hey, you getting on my nerves, or hey, you don't talk unless I tell you to talk, um, or bring your nappy head ass here. And I'm guilty of that. I've done all of those things. But like I said, as my daughter got older, what happened is she asked me one day, why do you always scream and why do you always yell? But I didn't even recognize that I was actually always yelling and screaming until she brought it to my attention. And it, and it took some time, and it still is a work in pro- progress, But what ultimately happened is when my daughter would communicate or we communicate with each other, now she's screaming and yelling. So she she took on a learned behavior because that's the only way she knew how to communicate was through screaming and yelling. Well, who did she get that from? She got it from me. And um, I started to notice that, hey, this – why would you want to talk to her in a certain type of way when these are the very things that you had to deal with? So what I do now or I try to practice is 
if I'm upset about something, I'll take a time out. And I'm like, okay, I'll talk later. Now, am I going to say that always works? I won't sit here and lie to any of you all, sisters and brothers, and say that that always works. We all human. So, no, it does not always work. But I always try to be conscientious of what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. Because my daughter, for instance, is being raised in a one-parent household. It's just the two of us. So, um, like we always tell, like the male figure is that first, you know, positive male role model that a, a young girl has in her life. Well, for me as a single mother, then I'm that, that mom and that dad, you know, positive figure that my daughter has in her life. So ultimately what will happen is, is, I, my behavior will make her think that it's okay for anybody to talk to her and treat her any type of way because it starts with verbal abuse. No, I can't say come here nappy-headed. No, I can't say why did you do that, that's dumb. Because a kid ain't hearing why did you do that. All they're hearing is you called me dumb. Even though you didn't come out and say that they're dumb, that's all that a child hears. And um. I had to learn, and I'm still learning, how to effectively and positively communicate with my daughter so that that cycle can be broken because words hurt. And then the the other part that I had to learn to that, too, is um, we want to get our kids to communicate with us and tell them what's going on in their heads and tell them, tell us what's going on in our minds. Well, they're not going to do that. If we talking to them any kind of way and we talking at them and not to them, we can't get into their heads to see what's going on because guess what? We're part of the problem. I'm a part mm-hmm. of the problem. So for a long time, I couldn't get my daughter to open up and talk to me about anything because the first thing that I'll do is once I done convince her to open up and talk to me, I become judgmental or have something to say. Mm-hmm. And that that ain't working because if she can't talk to me, it's somebody out here that's going to grab her ear and it's not going to be in a positive way. So I had to become conscientious about that, especially now that she's going, growing into a young lady and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. high school or whatever. So I'm like, I have to make sure that that positive communication starts at home and it's not going to start by talking to them, talking, you know, talking at them. And um, sometimes, you know, we parents, we trip. I'm guilty of that. I've had her to go to my parents and say, you know, you need to talk to my mom because she's just stone tripping. And the things that my mother has come back to me and told me that my daughter has said that I said to her, and I'm like, wow, even if you apologize. But guess what? The words done already formed root. They done, all, they done started growing root. Ha, <laughs> girl. Let and me I'm stop like, you right there. Mm-hmm. Let me stop you right there because you gave out a lot in the classroom, for real. A lot of good information, a lot of transparency, which is, you know, we love, love, love transparency because that's what heals you. Um, I want to back up, though. Okay, Lisa, mm-hmm. when, you, when, when you are in the abusive relationships, mm-hmm. okay, or, and that's for – we just going to keep it general. We gonna, man or woman can be abusers, and that's where we're going. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say from the abusive relationship, specifically the intimate partner, 
kept you there? What were some of those words that kept you there? Uh, you ain't going to make it without me. I made mm-hmm. you. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. else going to want you but me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ugly. You stupid. Wow. You know, you 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 ain't gonna survive. You will be back, right. and I'm gonna right. just be downright honest with you. Uh, sex and money sometimes. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I have that. another question. I have mm-hmm. another question for you. Um, and we're going to take your questions just a second in the classroom. Um, but I got another question for you, Lisa. Okay, so you said. Fat, dumb, ain't gonna be nothing. Stupid. Nobody's gonna want. You. Nobody's gonna want you as a really popular one. Mm-hmm. A really, really popular one. All abusers say that. Mm-hmm. Like man, woman, chick, cowboy. All abusers say that same one right there. Um, <laughs> isolation. Yeah. Move into that because do the words isolate you and how? The words definitely isolate you because all of the words and what they're telling you, again, it take it takes root. And um and then the victim, you know, ultimately starts believing it and then it gets to the point where the the victim is no longer able to like talk for themselves or speak for themselves. Um even when it comes to downright to the abuser saying, you know, you talk when you when you're you you, you speak when you're spoken to. Oh, I tell you when to talk. And then, you know, when you're dealing with intimate partner relationships, again, um, you don't even talk to anybody unless I tell you you can talk to them. And that might start just from like hanging around friends, but that isolation comes in too with victims is because they're so embarrassed. And um and, and they don't want anybody to know what's going on or they feel like no one can relate or they have reached out and they talked to someone and then they're getting, quote, unquote, abuse from the people that they're reaching out to. Girl, you stupid. Won't you just leave him? I wouldn't stay there and put up with that. So it becomes a point where that victim can't even really relate or talk to anyone else. So that isolation, you know, seeps in and um, you just kind of clam, clam up in a shell and, mm. and, and, and that's just basically where you are. You can't relate, to, you, can't, you, can't, um, you can't communicate with your abuser because you told when you're going to communicate and not. And then when you do try to communicate those feelings, you get mm-hmm. you get shut up and shunned. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying. So, right, right. And then and, right. and everything is your fault. You know mm-hmm. it's your fault that you stupid. Oh, it's your fault I treat you this way. And then right. you can't really communicate with anyone else because one, you lying and saying it's not happening, or you trying to cover it up, and you really mm-hmm. you don't have anybody to talk to because they they don't understand. And guess what? Sometimes we don't even understand. I know I didn't understand it because I thought it was normal. I thought that's that's how love is. That's how we treat each other. Wow. So let me stop you right there. Okay. Let us go to the classroom. Do we have any students that want to ask questions? You know, if you're concerned, again, you can remain anonymous. You don't have to say who you are. You can just ask your question if you want. I'm going to unmute everybody so we can kind of see who's out there and need help. Anybody in the classroom want to ask a question, go right ahead. Or you want to make a comment. 
Okay, no questions or comments in the classroom? I have a comment. Okay, go right ahead. I was listening, and I can identify where the Sister Lisa is talking about how uh, we yell at our children, and um, we don't even realize it. It becomes our livelihood, like our mm-hmm. daily thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it took me until my oldest son was 24, and him sharing with me, like, how I would go off on them for me to realize you know, I'm acting like my mother. And I, I noticed mm-hmm. that she said that her daughter started doing it. And I don't want my daughter to end up like that. So that's part of the reason why I have become a part of this circle, because I do recognize I got some issues, even though I thought that I was all I was okay. Mm-hmm. So um, um, it, it is hard, because right now I have my second son. He's just basically wayward out in the street. And the last day that he stayed home with me, we got into it really bad. And I said some things to him that I would normally never say to him because he's my nonverbal child. He's the quiet one. And mm-hmm. I'm 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 thinking that he's really affected by it. He hasn't come and stayed a night home since it happened. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just wanted to say I do identify with the Sister Lee so far as you know, especially black women, we are very high strong. We are very overstressed. So mm-hmm. we tend we, we tend to come home after a hard day's work. The children the first thing you see. You know. Right. And we take it out on them even if we don't mean to take it out on them. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to figure out how do we help our children after we now we have become abusers to them, verbal abusers to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Thank you for your comments, sis. Appreciate you. Uh, anybody mm-hmm. else in the classroom want to ask a question or comment? Okie dokie. We'll move back into the education. Okay, um, Lisa, thank you for sharing, girl. That was a powerful piece, powerful piece. Um, I know with me, um, my mouth is just, was atrocious, honey. You see me? Mm-hmm. I said, whoa, mm-hmm. girl, I can't <laughs> no, you. <laughs> I feel you. I'm girl. right there with you. <laughs> girl, your girl, your girl, your sister boo over here too on my, look, classroom. Hey, your teacher facilitated, your sister was off the chain verbally, okay? I just mm-hmm. did not keep it together, honey. And like you saying, Lisa, and I am in, you know, cohoose with you because I had a daughter too, my daughter. So I naturally, she the oldest child at the time, so I'm naturally taking out all my stuff on mm-hmm. her. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. she getting a backlash from what happened last night. Or she getting right. a backlash because Bama's been on my phone because they said I didn't drunk up all the liquor that night. Hold on, who you think you playing with? You not on my phone with this crap, okay? You know, and then mm-hmm. you go and take it all out on your children, you know, on their child, especially yep. the oldest child, you know. And don't let a child look like their father or their mother, boy. They in for getting a run for their money. You in, and on, then now. you gotta you gotta watch children that are natural, the stepchildren, you know, because you have step parents that are aggressive towards mm-hmm. those children. Um, so you have to really, really watch those things. 
from a verbal perspective. You say, how does it show up? You know, how do people know that I'm being abused? Verbally, verbally, mm-hmm. verbally, soon as somebody starts going in left field with you like that, you need to check yourself. Okay, you might can't check the abuser right in there because your brain got to process what the person just, you know what I'm saying, what the person just said or what happened. Mm-hmm. And believe me, the children, like you said, they instantly go into, you call me dumb, you call me stupid. Mm-hmm. They don't get brains, <laughs> and I'm telling you. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, from a dag on, um, human behavior perspective, okay, mm-hmm. their brains does not process anything else but that you call me dumb, you call me stupid, you said I would never be nothing. You said this, that's what their brains go into. What does mm-hmm. it do? For some children, it can cause them to be very depressed. Mm-hmm. For some children, it can cause them to be very suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some children, um, it can cause them to become the aggressor. So now they could potentially be at school um, exemplifying the same behavior that right. you are showing them and that you are doing to them. So bullies aren't just born. Oh, you know, yeah. bullies, we don't just born bullies into the world, okay? They learn the behavior from whatever that dinner table is looking like at the at at their household. So the okay. question then becomes, well, what are you doing at your dinner table? Okay. We got a comment here from a sister. Hold on. Okay. She said, I can't speak myself because I'm in another meeting for me. Okay. That's fine, sis. I found being in a relationship, I was always afraid someone was going to get the upper hand. So I would fuss at my son when uh, he would just, I guess, have his own opinion. So have his voice and have his own opinion. So that was wrong of me to take it out on him. That can be damaging because they look up to us as parents. So she Mm -hmm. has a valid point. She's actually saying the same thing that you were saying, Lisa. And you connected some very good dots for us because you showed us where it started with your sister and you being challenged as little girls basically to fight one another, to Mm -hmm. beat up on one another because Mm -hmm. they was discriminating between the two of you because one was lighter and one was darker. You Mm -hmm. see what I mean? That's a discrimination right at your dinner table or right at the school that you're going to. That's a discrimination. You feel me? So you instantly making these young girls feel like one is better than the other. Just by what? Verbally assaulting them and or verbally planting little sneak peek, creeping, talking words, okay, that their little brains can't really process at the time. All they Mm -hmm. know is that I'm hurt, is that whatever she said to me, it wasn't right because it hit my inner. You see what I mean? Can their little brains really process it to the magnitude at seven, eight, nine years old? No. But what they do know is so-and-so hurt my feelings when they said that. They might can't yeah. tell you exactly what was said, but they can say my feelings was hurt for sure, okay? So, I mean, to do that in these, you know, it's so unfortunate because we still have sisters that are going through this. We have brothers that are going through this being compared because of the color of your skin. And you mm-hmm. talk about some racism in the world. 
we got racism at our dinner table. Sure do. Will somebody help me here in the classroom because I'm about to go crazy. Sure we got do. racism right at our dinner table because yep. of the color of your skin. And then we got a lot of sisters and brothers who are having babies with people, you know, where the children don't look alike. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a discrimination in that because one child could be saying I'm this and the other one could be saying I'm that. And your mother said that you was ugly and, you know, they going back and forth because the parent yep. is going back and forth. That's right. You see what I'm saying? So you got to discriminate, could have a potential discrimination in that as well. It's just ridiculous to think that at your dinner table you are being compared by color mm-hmm. to your own sister or your own brother, to your own sister or your own brother. And, Lisa, we have children that started back in your time, back in my time. This stuff just didn't just start at the dinner table, okay? No. This stuff's been going on for years where mothers and fathers, sister, brother, ain't no foe, family members, compare the children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what and it ultimately leads to is us hating each other, huh? It can ultimately lead to the verbal abuse. So now you mm-hmm. have children going back and forth where I'm better than you, it's yeah. you dumb, you stupid. We're going in that right now. Sisters going at it at each other. Brothers going at it at each other because mm-hmm. there's always been that comparison there. And you'll hear people say, man, I feel like the black sheep in the family. Yes. Why do you think children feel like the black sheep in the family? Because they were racially discriminated properly when they were young. They always were made not to feel good enough, probably linking back to the color of their skin. And this your Mm -hmm. own mother and or your own father and or your grandparents doing this to you. Right. You see what I'm saying? So that's how you connect those dots there too as well that that verbal abuse brawls up right in that situation. So you're talking 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. By the time the child has hit 12 and this behavior been going on, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, they often change. Mm-hmm. They often change now. You see? So now they verbally abusing. Absolutely. And like you said, not only are they verbally abusing, looking in the mirror or walking past the mirror, verbally abusing themselves, but they doing it to other children. They doing it to uh, other people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they could be rebelling against a parent. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And rebelling against the caretaker because you have made me feel this way. You never made me feel good enough. So that's a lot of times where the black sheep is linked back to that. Okay? We mm-hmm. have another, um, oh, a sister asking for prayer. Okay, we'll do that. I'm trying my best and hardest not to beat blood out of this okay out of, okay we're gonna get back to that in the system um so that's that's where the verbal abuse kind of is um connected to those dots as well um in the classroom very very good transparency and education here today i have to put this out there lisa too and my thing is is that research um you know other programs and things say Despite being the most common form of abuse, verbal abuse is generally not taken as seriously as other types of abuse because there is no visible proof. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so we got that part, right? Mm-hmm, right. Lisa, okay, so we have generations and generations of people believing that verbal right. abuse is not serious, like you said. And it goes back to that um, school age adage where sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That is meant to be encouraging, but in fact it is a lie. Um, mm-hmm. And then when, when children are getting verbally abused, they don't know how to handle it because They've always been told that words don't hurt you. So you do everything else but identify with the words that are actually hurting you. My question to you is, with this research flying in the air, you know, and and students, think about this in the classroom. How hard is it going to be for that person, for that abuser, to break the cycle of verbal abuse? How hard is it going to be for that victim to break the cycle of verbal abuse. If we have this kind of research out there saying to the victim and to the abuser that basically I can abuse you because there's no visible proof. Right. Man, I think somebody need to go back and 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 <laughs> and, and do some more research. <laughs> I, I I really do because I mean I'm no mental health specialist such as yourself. But I can sure say from the people that I've been around and worked with and we sought counseling and healing together, it all started back to that that verbal abuse piece. Mm-hmm. And 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 it and, and it takes some some it takes some research and and, and in time for to vic, for the victim to realize that. For instance, I hear people say, Oh, I talk that way because that's how my mother talked to me. But you have to make a conscious decision that, hey, I'm not going to act this way just because this is how my mother talked to me or this is how my mother treated me. Because guess Mm -hmm. what? While there is no visible signs of proof, you can't Mm -hmm. put a Band-Aid on on those words that have taken root. And And this causes mental illness. It causes people to become suicidal. It causes other people to become bullies and don't even and, and they're crying out because they're trying to reach out for help. And it, and it, and for and I'm just speaking for me. When I realized no, you, that I no, was, you're not. No, you're not. You're speaking for mm-hmm. a lot of victims. And see, I, I I realized it when I was just talking to my daughter and talking at my daughter instead of talking to her. I had to make a conscious decision that. I can't do this. You know, I'm responsible for this child's life and her well-being. Um, right. I have the, I have the ability to make this child or break this child. Mm. I definitely don't want to break her. So I had to, like I said, retrain my way of communicating. And that was with anybody because I'm telling you, my mouth is vicious. It, mm-hmm. it, you might look at me and see one thing, but my mouth is my mouth was downright because that's really basically the only thing that I had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I could make my husband. I'll tell you, for instance, my ex-husband. He was six four. I could break him down and have him in tears and making him want to kill himself when I finished verbally abusing him because wow. I became so good at it. I became, and one day he was like, you really hurt my feelings. I'm like, 
go sit down somewhere. You know what I mean? Big as you are, you. But I had to really kind of just like, like you said, go through therapy, go through education, and mm-hmm. retrain. Just like re, you know, reprogram. You know, re, reprogram absolutely. Yeah. Because the last thing I wanted to do, and I think for any parents, is I don't want to ruin my child. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. in essence what would have happened. And like I mm-hmm. said, I'm still a work in progress now because at the drop of the hat, when you're worrying about how your rent going to get paid, how mm-hmm. your car no going to get paid, how you're right. going to get back and forth to work, am I going to have some food to eat this week? All of that just builds up in you. And who are you going to take it out on, the first person that's close to you? For some of us, or most of us, who's that? Our children. Right. Our children. Simple as that. Right. And we're not meaning to, but we have to be conscientious, seriously, about what we're doing, what we're saying, and how we're saying it. With my daughter, right. her behavior became um, she is very quiet, but she mm-hmm. has the potential to be very dangerous. Right. Because she keeps things inside. She keeps things inside. And there have been two occasions where she, she, has, she was a walking time bomb. One was at a party where she damaged someone's eye so badly. She, a little girl was picking with her, and she beat her so badly. And the first thing that went through my head was, do you mean my daughter? My daughter did mm-hmm. that? <laughs> I couldn't right. believe it myself. And then another instance was at school, and she beat the little girl in school so bad, I was like, you got to be kidding me. But then I started to put those pieces to the puzzle together, too, and said, this child has some serious anger issues built issues. up inside of her. Where are they mm-hmm. coming from? That's where they were mm-hmm. coming from. Me. Mm-hmm. Wow. She can't talk back to me the way I was talking to her. That's a, that ain't going to happen. Right, because then she'd be really being trusted. Right. So (laughs) it it, it was coming, and I remember you and I and her sitting down and talking about that at one point. It was coming from me. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we can create monsters. That monster (laughs) create monsters. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Girl, girl, don't stop me playing up here in the classroom today, okay? We got to be serious in the classroom, man, because this is a serious subject. But I like oh, yeah. what you're saying. I like what you're saying. What you're saying is absolutely correct. We got a comment from our sister circle. Um, Maya said, I never took the verbal abuse as serious as it is, but yeah. I have to say it left the most scars. I yeah. always grew up feeling like my mother did not love me because she was extremely verbally abusive and physically abusive. I will say I remember the verbal more than anything. Yeah. So she said she identified more with the verbal, which is exactly what we were saying here. Lori said that um, even though being hit hurt, but I'd rather be hit instead of someone verbally abusing me. Amen. And um. The comment to you was, at Sis Lisa, I'm struggling with that now. I feel like I'm becoming my mother with the verbal abuse way, verbally abusive ways because I never realized how much words hurt. Well, heck, you that's why you're in the classroom. You're in the classroom to realize, you know, that you got to reprogram your amygdala 
to mm-hmm. understand what's really going on in uh, the verbal verbal abuse piece inside of you, inside of you, what you're really battling with when it comes to verbal abuse. You also got to understand in the classroom tonight that verbal abuse can keep you in the abusive relationship because the research is saying there's no visible proof. Mm-hmm. Programs in every place alike is teaching that there's no, ver- ver- no visible proof, which means that I can get away with verbally abusing you and nothing will happen to me happen. for doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing will happen to me for doing it. But in the interim, like you were saying, least that child is being hurt. You know, yeah. or that adult is being hurt. Anytime you can make a six-foot man cry from verbal abuse, come on now, the person oh, yeah. is being hurt. So let me tell you something. Them words don't have no ages, no shoe size, no color, no type, no preference. Words Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why we always got to try to think before we speak, and especially with our children because, you don't want to go, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to get into it and, hey, your children doing this kind of stuff because the world right. don't care about them. You see mm-hmm. what I mean? They're going to be going on people's jobs with anger management problems. and They're going to get fired. And guess That's what they're right. going to be trying to come home? They're going to be trying to come back and live in your house because <laughs> they can't keep a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the children can't keep a job because they're mouth bad, honey. Okay? That's right. That's true. So where they come back? they coming on back home because they're going to say, you the one who did it. Yep. They say, you the one who made me like this. That's and true. are they lying? Are they lying? Not at all. Are they lying for those of us that verbally abuse or have verbally abused? You got to get therapy for verbal abuse because that's all your brain knows is those words. So you got to come to therapy and be in the classroom and take the sessions and things so you can start learning new words and better words to you. Let me tell you something. If we sit down at the table with a white person, a white child, <laughs> girl, mm-hmm. and try to express our feelings, okay, but mm-hmm. call me out on it. Somebody can videotape me doing it. I guarantee you they going to have more words than me. Absolutely. They going to have more words than me. Yes, I'm going to have mother blocker, chicka blocker, chicka blocker, blocker. Yep. But I'm not going to, that's still not saying really the feelings. That's still not saying the words of the field. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? They going to know their words. Yeah. And I have to go there. I have to go there because I have to keep it a trillion. Mm-hmm. This means that in every Caucasian person, it's not like this, but most of them are. They're very intelligent when it comes to emotional wellness. Oh, yeah. That's why, that's why they continue. Look at Donald Trump. I mean, he's 70-something. He's president. You mean a man? This man got more words, more gift the gab, more transparency. He got it all. Mm-hmm. He's versatile in his conversation. He know how to win people over. Sure do. Even when you don't even know that you're being win over because you don't know the word. Absolutely. Because you don't know the word. You have got to know the word. So that comes with, you know, of course, more education and reprogramming your brain to collect the right words that identifies with that feeling. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that way we can, when a person is sitting down and saying, well, how you doing or how you feel, you say, I'm feeling disgusted. You say, I'm feeling disappointed. 
You say I'm feeling deprived. That's right. You say I'm feeling hostile. See, you can't go in a mother blicka chicka blicka because then then I'm gonna say as your therapist, how you feeling? I'm gonna go right back to how you feeling because none of those cuss words don't describe the feeling. Right. It, it describes nothing but that you're mad. That's it. And that you can't communicate what you feel. Mm-hmm. So basically you're wasting the therapist's time. You see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. And then you're not getting anything. You say, well, I don't get nothing for my therapy session because you don't know the words that you feel. How am I going to help you and, and you don't know what you feel? You can't tell me the words that I need to help you with the feeling. Mhm, mhm. You see what I'm saying, Lisa? That's true, yeah. And then I hope my students will see what right. I'm saying too. That's I hope right. And then, you know, we we talk to we talk to our loved ones, our mother, cousin, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, children, and then we 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 cut them down, and then we expect for them to come to us and and open up to us and share their emotions. How are they going to do that when when not, when we don't even know how to do it ourselves? How are you going to expect right. it from them when we don't know how to do it? I'm going to ask exactly. my daughter well, how you feel when I can't even properly express myself to her other than screaming and yelling. Amen. That's all I'm saying. Lori said, oh, my God, I love the words. It brings out so much. It does. It makes you be honest with yourself. It does. Yeah. And w- it makes you be honest with yourself when you can say the words. She's very, she's she's very right. You're right, Lord. Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. We're going yes, to, Lord. We're going, if, if we're going to describe what we're feeling, we're going to need the words in order to do that. Right. Okay. Yes. Um. It, it, it's in like and like Lori said, it's like a self empowerment for you to have your words because you mm-hmm. know exactly what you're feeling exactly in that moment. Right. You see what I mean? I'm trying to tell you, it empowers you when you can say to your child, when you can say to this child who aggravates you, who gets on your nerves or whatever, and you can say to this child, look, I'm just so disgusted with your attitude. It really Mm -hmm. makes me feel like Mm -hmm. um, I'm not good enough for you. It really makes me feel like you're undermining my parenthood. See when you can when you can sit down and have this conversation to a child or an adult, the brain goes like, do 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 do. Oh my God, she's using yes, the word. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my God, he's using the word. Yeah, the because ultimately we're letting them know that we're human and we have feelings yep. too. Because see, for some strange reason, they don't think we're human before <laughs> we have feelings. Because and let me tell you why, Lisa. Let me tell you why. Because the cuss words don't make you seem like you're human. Yeah. Yeah. That makes you see sense. what I'm saying? That makes when we're sense. using all those excuses, that don't make us feel like we're human, and it doesn't mm-hmm. make us feel like we're human to the next person. As your therapist, I'm going to be looking at you like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be saying, do you need to step out of my office and come back? Mm-hmm. Or you know me, Queen might just go all in with you. We might just end up on the block. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And you know that the funny thing is it's not funny because we're being serious, but um, unfortunately, one of the sisters and I, well, I think it was Sister Lori, we're talking about that just on Monday. You know what? Um, transparency is so important. It is. It's so important. And, and sadly, some people just can't handle transparency. They can't. 
And and I will just say for me, that's the only way it's going to work for me. You're going to have to mm-hmm. be transparent and real. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it, it, we're not getting anywhere. You've embraced it. Yeah, we're not getting anywhere. And, you know, and and, and I think I've, I have always been sort of that way because, you know, you know, like we say, a little rough around the edges. So that sugar coating and, and all of that stuff, and that's just not going to, that's not going to work for the average person to me, especially when you've been a victim. Mm-hmm. It, Mm-hmm. I, it it really doesn't. We need that kind of, I won't say harshness, but we need that realness and we need that transparency. Or mm-hmm. honestly, to me, it, it really ain't going to get you anywhere. Right. It, it, right. It's, it's not going to get you, it's not going to get you to that complete road of healing. Right. No, yeah. it won't. Um, and again, it will just keep you in bondage because mm-hmm. your brain, your brain is identifying really with the same communication. Right. Yeah. You see what I mean? So you yeah. you got to show your brain um, that we and and of course I like to call them emotional pain words because those are the ones that we run away from. Those mm-hmm. are the words yeah. that we run away from, but in fact, those are the words. That, that heal. save our life, yes. Yes, absolutely. Those are those, those are words, words that save our lives. They and, are. And, and, and that's how you, and, that, and, and people are so, um, I, and oftentimes victims, and for me, um, um, we have to understand that sometimes people don't want to go through that healing process and that harshness process because ultimately, Healing is painful. Mm-hmm. It's so painful, but it's mm-hmm. so it's so oh man, it's so liberating at the same time. Healing mm-hmm. is painful and it's work. Mhm. Yeah, it's work. You know, I always say the yellow brick road to healing is very long. Oh yes, it and is. It, and, <laughs> and it's not anything that you can do on your own because you're talking about trans reprogramming a brain. That is yes. used to verbal abuse. You're talking about reprogramming this brain that has been used to verbal abuse at least 25 years. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for yes. me, I'll be honest and say, Queen, if I didn't have my sister circle and you all, I mean, it's easy to drop of a hat for me to just go right back to the same behaviors. Yes. Simple as that. But you got to surround yourself with people that's going to hold you accountable. Yeah, hold you okay because I mean it's easy for me to scream, yell, curse, and fuss. I mean that yeah. just comes naturally. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So if I get yeah. off course and stay off track, I mean I- I'm going right back to the same thing. I'm just keeping it real, the same thing. Yeah, because you have more time doing it. That's what I told my mom today. Like, yeah, you have more time doing that. So absolutely, you've mastered it. Be- yeah, you've mastered that. So it's like, okay, your brain knows that off the top. Yeah, absolutely. Your brain knows that off the top, but your brain mm-hmm. don't know disappointment. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or your brain don't know disgust. Or yes. your brain, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't even sit down with your mother and have a conversation and say, you, are, you have deprived me my entire life 
When you say mm-hmm. the brain, your mother brain gonna go in there. Do 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 do. She used the word. There you the go. There you go. Yes. And then they instantly say, her your mom's brain will be like depressed. Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute now. I got the heart to this word. I got to mm-hmm. find what she mean by I deprive her. You see what I'm saying? The brain identifies with deprived. Right. Yes. It does not identify with old oh, motherfucker. Mhm. Your mother gonna look at you like you still the same old person. You don't even know how you feel. And then everybody leave out even more hurt than they were before. And everybody leave out more hurt because you didn't wasted my time, Bama. Because you mm-hmm. tell me how you felt. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you know the word, knowing the word, like we talk about. Knowing those emotional pain words will save your life. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't hear from nobody, you heard it from me and Lisa today. And I think when we come back next month, Lisa, we're going to move into that. We're going to talk about how the emotional pain words can save your life. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. these are the words that we need to start identifying with. Um, and that we need to get our word chart just like you know joy and you know love and you know peace. And you claim you do anyway. Right. You claim you do. I don't really think you know. Right. You claim you know it, okay? True. You're going to claim because you go to church and you got joy, honey. You just got right. your friend and you got so much joy. You see what I'm saying? True. As soon as somebody say something cock slick to you, you ain't there got There you go. You don't have yep. words. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So. We're going to go that route when we come back for part three of our um, verbal abuse series. This has been so, so, so enlightening. Students, I hope you have learned something here in the classroom tonight. I hope you have your verbal notes. I'm going to tap in one more time and ask, is there any last questions or comments in the classroom before we close out? Take a moment and do that. You can you can do that now. We're open. Any last questions or comments in the classroom? Um, yeah, I have a comment. Go right ahead, sis. I just want to thank y'all for always being so transparent and real with the conversation because it it definitely gives us two sides to the story and makes it feel like we might not be crazy after all. This is pretty. Mm-hmm. It's not normal, <laughs> but at the same time. It's okay as long as we work to move forward and pass it. So I want to thank y'all for that. Thank you so much for thank your you transparency for. as well. And, you know, joining us in the classroom tonight, we definitely try to bring you guys the best top-flight education that America could ever think about having when you're talking about having Queen of Feet and Lisa Council come to the call and be as transparent as we can be with our community. I mean, the, it's just very important that we start heading more in that direction in our communication and having the words that we need to identify abusive relationships, situations, conversations. We got to have these words. Um, and that's the direction that we want to go into when we come back to the, to the classroom. Um, let me see. We have another question. Queen and Lisa, what do you suggest for getting over the guilt that comes from realizing that you have been talking to your children in a bad way. 
Lisa, you want to answer that one? Change behavior. Change your behavior. Change behavior. Change your behavior, and it's not you're not gonna be it's not gonna be perfect every single time. Change your behavior. Admit to your child that you were wrong and apologize. Sit down and talk about it. That's mm-hmm. what I can. That, that's what works for me. But the, the best apology or anything change behavior. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to apologize, and not feeling guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, if you're going to apologize to your child, you better get to working on your behavior. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the child ain't going to accept too many apologies for the same thing. They're going to start doing what you're doing to them. They're going to start doing it to you. And one thing that has worked in my household is I have my daughter to hold me accountable. She'll come to me quick, fast, and her and be like, man, you tripping <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another good suggestion, asking your child to check you. Mm-hmm. And mine, is, mine, she's very good at it. Okay, she'd be like, mm-hmm. "You are tripping." Yep, asking your child to help you come back because you had the tendency to venture off and say things that you should not be saying. So mm-hmm. to have your child to say, "Mom or Dad, you're doing it again," like you're doing it again. So I think maybe you should go ahead and calm down, and then we can talk once mm-hmm. you calm down. See, that's a great way because you know what that child is doing? Showing you support. Right, Showing you support that you Mm -hmm. want to do better. So now you are including your child in your quest to do better. That's that's Mm -hmm. the greatest thing you can give a child, including them in your support system. You don't push them away from your support system. You include them in your support system and you getting better. So don't Mm -hmm. apologize unless you are ready to put forth a great effort in becoming better in the Mm -hmm. words that you speak to your child and including them as a part of your support system in getting better. I hope that helps you, sis, in the classroom tonight. Um, Once again, we're going to come back next month in the classroom, and we're going to be talking about how the emotional pain words can save your life. I'll come back with more words. Um, Lisa, you can grab a couple of words, too, when we come back, and we can talk about your words and talk about my words and um, just kind of go from there and make it fun. Okay. Um, we, can mm-hmm. talk about, we can talk about spelling these words, too, because we don't spell very good in our community. I always tell my class, look, don't read that word because I ain't spelling it right. But y'all know what I mean, okay? <laughs> y'all know what I mean. I ain't spelling it right, but y'all know what I mean, though. So don't right. even try. Okay? Um, but let's make it fun and exciting because education should be fun. It should be exciting. Reprogramming your brain should be fun. It should be exciting. It should be enlightening. It should be encouraging. So we hope you guys have learned that here tonight with us, and you'll join us for part three of the Verbal Abuse Series. Um, on this yellow brick road to healing as we go forth in the highways and byways and become better in our conversation. Again, thank you, Lisa, for always stepping up to the plate and giving us your transparency, giving us your life, letting us be a part of your dinner table, even though we're not sitting there with you at sea. <laughs> Love you, sis. Love you. You always find a way to make us feel welcome 
and we just really appreciate you for that. So thank you for being my co-host in this great, 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 great educational conversation. Uh, my brothers and sisters, do me a favor tonight. Tell somebody domestic violence wears many tags and go in peace and love. Thank you for chiming in tonight, my brothers and sisters. Go in peace and love.